Hello, everyone. Today is Sunday, June the 26th, recording out of the nation's capital. You are now tuned in to Pop Quiz Radio Season 2. I'm your host, Giovanni Bustow, the media mogul, bringing the latest in pop culture and entertainment. Here with me today is Washington business consultant and a personal friend of mine, Patrice Lancaster, Lancaster Consulting. Back again. Welcome back to the show, Patrice. Thank you. <laughs> awesome. Um, so I have to say that the last week when we did the show, I think that I behaved myself pretty good considering the fact that um, Patrice is uh, recently in ministry. So that's just a little, just an added little bit of pressure, um, you know, to <laughs> kind of watch my behavior. So anyway, I don't think I did so bad last week. I don't recall... <laughs> Any excessive profanities or anything? <laughs> no, I was the only person that used profanity the last time when we were talking about um, what was it? The stimulus. <laughs> when I said I'm not, I wasn't stimulated. Damn it! <laughs> yeah, that's still not so bad compared to a, a little bit of what I have been yeah, accustomed yeah. to. But yeah, I did remember that. I was like, oh Lord, I have, I have a minister on. Ugh. Even though we've been friends for so long, still. <laughs> I'm a minister. Okay. Closing. Moving towards it. Probably just a little more saved than I. Anyway, um, getting started. <laughs> it's been nearly two weeks ago today that the horrific shooting of 100 people occurred in Orlando's Club Post, but fret not, U.S. Attorney General Loretta Lynch has our back. She stood before the American people with a briar patch sitting on top of her head, straight from Burr Rabbit and the Tar Baby, with the nerve to tell us that the correct way to respond to terrorism is with compassion, unity, and love. Patrice, I would like to take this opportunity to plan a trip to the U.S. Department of Justice to take everyone out for a lovely afternoon of electroshock, just to get them all back on track. <laughs> Now I, I don't I don't know what happened here, but um, I, I think when Loretta Lynch combed her hair with one of those black power picks that morning, she she might have stabbed her brain. Obama set her up to say that. First of all, and this was from you. I have never heard of an attorney using emotion to rule a case. And with that be, with that being said, I would not trust that woman to do shit. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. Profanity number one. I'm going to try and leave it there. Ding! Um, <laughs> I said ding. Ding! Yeah, what do you think about that? That was a very interesting statement. I don't even know if... if I, I don't even think I saw Democrats who kind of agreed with that. Her own party, that was very... That was really towing the line of safety just a little bit too hard. Let me just tell you something. If one of my babies were killed by a terrorist or killed because of the lack of protections by my government and a person that was supposed to um, ensure justice, that's a, a, a member of the, I guess, is she a member of the executive branch? But she is a judicial arm, um, a part of the judicial arm of the country. Um, told me that there would be no justice for my child uh, because all I should be concerned about with the loss of my baby was 
compassion, love, and unity, we we would have a serious issue. <laughs> we would have a very serious issue because I know that's you. I believe that. One of my favorite sayings is if, if you need genuine hugs, go to church. But when you're in a, in a place of business or – and I, I consider justice um, a part of doing business. I really do because in order for people to um, receive what is fair or to um, negotiate um, – um, the Bible talks about fair weights and measures in order to um, – to administrate fair weights and measures, um, sometimes the the penalty has to equal the severity of the crime, and, and that's even that's very difficult um, to even do that for someone that's accused of a, a terrorist attack or you know killing scores of people um, just well, one that's person. Why, and that's but why I believe in love. To say compassion and love, I'm, I. I it is just unfathomable that that that, that is the um, the paradigm on dealing with killers because in that same compassionate and love type of um of mindset when you go into um I'll keep saying the urban areas because it's cute but I'm really saying black areas where right. people where people might have sold um nickel bags of weed to three people and are, are sitting in jail serving lifetime sentences, where's the compassion, love, and unity in that? I've never heard um, her or Obama say anything about those types of things and the um, types of illegalities and the unfair weights and measures as far as the criminalization of um, of narcotics and drugs and how they um, – unfairly um, targeted. I mean, we, we have the numbers, we have the facts, it just is what it is. Uh, targeted um, minorities or people that um, earn less money. So don't come to me with that um, compassion and love piece unless it's um, holistic, meaning unless you mean for everybody or like they say, for everybody. <laughs> right. I mean, I have to say, I feel like this administration has um, pivoted a little bit um, in regards to, um, you know, the the small amounts of, um, you know, marijuana sales. Um, I think that Obama had just pardoned um, just a small number of, of people. And, I, I mean, the discussion has been on the table, whether it's really – gone anywhere is, is a different story, but I mean, the, the conversation's kind of been had, at, at least with Bernie and Hillary. But my point is, um, comparing somebody selling somebody a nickel bag of marijuana to somebody going into a nightclub killing 50 people, and the response being, uh, let's just have compassion, love, and unity. Are you nuts? No, as I Are recall, you nuts? Yeah, I mean, I'm always mentioning about people being revisionist historians in regards to Bush's time in office. Um, I am not an emotional person, as I said, and I watched um, planes hit the Twin Towers in high school, the ninth, tenth grade, and I ninth grade, I think, and I was sitting there, kind of, you know, with a blank look on my face. I had a teacher who was crying. I didn't really know what that meant. Obviously, that was terrible. I mean, I was, what, 14 or whatever, so, you know, you're not registering things the same. But I don't recall anyone talking about having compassion at all. 
in that exactly. time period. In fact, everyone was more concerned about let's get them, let's go in. They just want they wanted reaction. They wanted something blown up. I mean, even one of my liberal friends just commented on my page, like after Facebook page after um, the nightclub shooting. He said, "You know what? I think we should just go back to George Bush's days of when we started blowing shit up. And then people would be afraid of us. It would, you know, Absolutely. nobody would want to mess with us then. Now that's probably that's extreme. You can't just randomly bomb things, i.e." Bill Clinton and the Aspirin Factory because you can, but right. but you get the point. Even they understand that. That was a completely ridiculous response. Let me tell you, I remember I was looking at TV at the time and um, a news alert came on and it showed the, um, both the Twin Towers as they when the planes first hit it and then it showed a couple minutes later um, as um, the building collapsed, and all I know is that the um, the overwhelming sadness that I felt because my best friend was employed at the Pentagon and in the Pentagon at that time when the plane um, flew into that building, and all I could do I, while I was um, <laughs> I, I didn't even wait to for a taxi. I just got up and left the house, went and got my child, and brought him brought him home and um, was on the phone calling to make sure my best friend was okay and that somebody had spoken with her. But in those weeks after, even um, riding on Metro, because on the Metro um, that I would ride, the, the train you could see where, where the plane had um, actually hit the building. And it's just, I just felt so overwhelmingly sad. And like almost a month after that just because I saw, you know, the, you remember the pictures of the people jumping out of the building and things like that. And you mean to tell me that the response to something like that is compassion, love, and unity? Like, are you crazy? I, I think that even George Bush had, had made um, some statements in regards to um, not stigmatizing um, Muslims. Right. But it, you don't which have to is, which, Muslims, which is but then you don't do a sit-in for a no-fly list. I mean, you know what I mean? These people on the no-fly I mean, I know I'm not stating specifically why they were doing the sit-in. Um, that was a week. big part of it, though. Yeah, but my thing is, all right, we know that they're on the no-fly list, so why don't we do something about the 700,000 visa overstays that we that we have? Why don't we I, – I would have appreciated her saying even doing something – And that part almost never gets discussed, and from both sides, and it it, it is ridiculous. It's 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 angering. Um, Like they mentioned, that there needs to be some type of it's some complicated technical thing that needs to be done. And whenever it comes up, it's just like oh, this this system over there needs to be fixed somewhere else. But let's but let's talk about um, assault rifles and. Um, the the no fly zone again, which by the way, I, I'm trying to think what was the dim the dim the black senator who um, the main one who was barking about this, the one who looks like the the cyclops with the melting face. He was on the list every week too, and I, I'm just every time I see him, I'm still surprised that he's um that he's still um, you know active in Congress and things because 
he's he's pretty elderly, but I think I guess when you love that type of work, um, you find the energy to, to do it. But um, I, I see well, him every. You, you know how many days that they've been, um, you know, working this month. I mean, I don't remember what it was, but I know it was under two weeks. I mean, was it nine days, ten, something like that? I mean, so hey, you can get up for that. He's over. I, I, he he can easily be over seventy and maybe eighty. Maybe. So I was surprised to see him do that. I understand maybe he wants to go out with a blaze of glory. And I mean, hey, fine. But but let's stay focused. Let's stay focused on what we need to do really in this country to protect our people. Or if you're not going to address the problem, let's address another problem and address it effectively. But I do not like um, the distractions to people's um, personal interests or using these things as um, a fundraising mechanism, um, taking advantage of people's um, pain. Absolutely. I mean, they, they broke every possible rule. There's no recording, you know, while they're in session. So, oh, they were recording and live streaming on Facebook and live, you know, live streaming so uh, on Periscope. I don't have a problem with. I don't have a problem with civil disobedience. That's what the country was built on. I don't have a problem with civil disobedience at all. But the the end goal, that's my issue. Who are the thinkers? Who are the, where are the philosophers that are behind these movements that really help to clarify the why of why we are doing these things? And, and that's what the people have lost. Well, people, look, at the, look at the very premise of, um, just the very premise of it, go against the, you know, people having guns to no-fly zones. He himself, which is why I brought him up, has been, it was on the list, if he's not still there forever, for several years, and has had dozens of times that um, he wasn't able to get on a plane. And when his own work was put uh, on hold. So, uh, you know, you kind of forgot to mention that. And right. it, was, it was without reason. And a, a number of uh, people in because Congress have experienced the same thing. How many people do you think with the no, that that are on the no fly list go into a local gunnery? Um, I don't know if I'm using the correct term and purchase assault rifles. Probably not many. many. I mean, I, go ahead. Probably not many. I mean, these are people who are placed on the list who were not informed how they were placed on it. Um, there's no public rules on how you get on said list. Um, so many of them who, who probably object to, to liberal policies are the ones who end up on it. I mean, we know a you lot never, of them. You never know who's on that list. Yeah, it's, so, it's, it's not public. We, no one knows. Let me and ask that's, you. That's what, the, that's what the argument is against. You can't just have a bureaucrat decide who is dangerous and put them on a list, and it's up to you to fight you know, possibly an attorney to get off of it. You don't but just no, have to pick and choose who has constitutional rights. Yeah, but or we have to have... I mean, or if, if we're going to discuss, you know, this within reason, at least have it, you know, some public notice of how you get on this list so that if you no, find yourself on it, what did I do? No, I, I'm not... I'm, I don't know if I'm much in agreement with that because... They could be it could affect them if they were you know provided for children and things like that, provided for families legally you know working, um, and they are just being watched because that's the purpose of the list 
to watch what they're doing. So why isn't something already in place, you know, to not allow them to buy guns? That, that's crazy to me. And Ryan really, in my opinion, like he botched this. He botched the, the whole thing because he could have um, had a conversation to clarify the safety of the American people being being the main point. And I don't think that he did that. He was more concerned about the um, civil disobedience piece and them kind of making a fool of him instead of him redirecting them. That's what leadership does. Redirect them to what the point is of why we're here today. Yeah, and, 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 and uh, yeah, it, it definitely worked in, in the favor of the the sitting sitting in Democrats because yeah. yes, and I, I'm subscribed to many of these email lists. And, oh, believe me, they were firing those things off for right. the entire 25 hours. They were not playing. Now, in the past, uh, um, what is her name? Pelosi. They had a similar situation. I think it was Republicans who were sitting in, and she cut the lights off, and that was the end of it. Yeah, she moved swiftly. <laughs> so, I mean, hey, it, it, didn't, it didn't have to be all that. And if you knew that this was a fundraising mechanism, I think he should have done the same thing. But I think he was just more concerned about kind of getting, you know, just getting through it because they were going to be on, on recess. But, hey, even if you see you're not going to get anywhere, I, I say you should have done the same thing, cut the lights off. Everybody, do you think that people on no-fly? Do you think people on a no-fly list should be allowed to purchase guns? I think that the premise of that list, um, that there has to be a way to discuss um, how to just how to discuss. The due process for those people, um, when you're on there, I mean, how you're going to fight it. I mean, because you're, you're kind of held at gunpoint by the government at that point. Um, Here's a second question. Here's a second question. Do you think that anybody should be able to purchase a gun in America? I don't think that anyone. I mean, I, I think that we should have the conversation about that list, who goes on it. I no. Mean, we, we, yeah. list, do you think, yes or no, do you think that anybody that wants to should be able to purchase a gun in America, yes or no? By Second Amendment, yes. Okay. Okay. There, has, there has to be the reasonable, reasonable exceptions there with that list, and that needs to be discussed and, and hammered out. Right. I agree with that. Do I believe that anybody should be able to purchase guns in America? And I love the Second Amendment. No. Do I want, and you know we both um, are well-versed in the mental health industry, do I want some of those people that were in the programs that we worked in to be able to use their monthly stipends? Yeah, that's why I yeah, that's why I said within within reason. I mean, we we've seen the shows. There have been news stories about you know blind people talking about their their Second Amendment right. You know, <laughs> we can't. You know. 
Come on. <laughs> you know, in li- and hey, in light of in light of the of the Orlando shooting, isn't there some you know low hanging low hanging fruit liberal uh, talk show host? who couldn't have dug up one of those blind people and brought them on there and just had them on for like a half-hour segment to talk about the Second Amendment just to make people look stupid? Oh, that would have been right. That would have been right. I should, I should do that. I should go look for those people and <laughs> set that up. Right. <laughs> well, look, so, again, back to, back to Ms. Lynch. Um, when a group decides to throw gays off of buildings, or espoused to the ideology of uh, women being imprisoned for being raped. You get raped and you get to go to jail. That does not deserve compassion. Um, again, there was none of that when anyone was being thrown out, of, when people were leaping out of fiery windows or anything. Yeah. Righteousness, uh, righteous indignation, frustration, anger, those are responses to a terrorist attack, not compassion. Right. That sounds like a, a cracked out flower child response. But <laughs> moving on. Right. I mean they they just really set her they set her up with that. I mean, you're an attorney. You're a smart woman. You know better than it. I just I I don't I do not believe other than the fact that, that someone gave her that to say that that would ever came out of her mouth in under any normal circumstances. I refuse to believe that. But moving on. <clears throat> Republicans wanted a presidential Donald Trump, and presidential they got. The way he lit into Hillary this week, you would have thought she had proposed banning spray tans in America. He called her a world-class liar who wanted to bring slavery to America because she supported us to participate in it. Yes. And if he's this angry in June, I'd like to see her propose banning hairspray to save the ozone. Talk about Cracker Jack material. Right, now, right. Hillary went on a rampage about Donald Trump's business record. But Patrice, it is known, it is a known fact that Donald Trump and his entire family are hard workers. There's physical right. evidence all over New York City. Right. All over the world for that matter. Scotland, just <laughs> you know, just this week. <laughs> what has Hillary and her daughter accomplished? What is Chelsea an expert at other in life other than a, a lack of corruption in Jew Dick? That is not a rhetorical oh, question. <laughs> so when Hillary mentioned Donald Trump's inability to run a national economy, Trump's response was, well, how can you run an economy when you can't even send an email without risking national security? Ooh, Ooh yes. And the way that I feel about Donald Trump is in the words of Nene Leakes. When Sheree talked about her having her car uh, repossessed and polished and whatnot, she said, don't tell me about what has been. Tell me about what's going on now. <laughs> that is the measure of success. Whether at the end of it all, um, whether or not you're standing as a business or a person, and Donald Trump clearly is still standing. So that's that's my take. But those two shot some pretty uh, some pretty bad barbs at each other. Um, like Hillary mentioning that Donald Trump always talks about his business record, but uh, he's, he's written many books on business. They all seem to stop at Chapter 11. Oh, yeah, I heard that. <laughs> so, yeah, what is, your, what is your take on this? I mean, this was a, a teleprompter speech for, for Trump, so I mean, he was able to stay on, on message. I was just happy that he was really able to dig in and hammer in on, on her record because people don't know. I mean, she has a lot of stuff in there. 
And exactly. these were some new talking points that have not come up in the la- in this election cycle at all. Yeah, I like, um, you know, I like politics. And when it gets, you know, it's getting down to the wire, so you're going to see um, more of the the personal attacks and things like that. And since um, with the, how the, the poor behavior of the um, the Republicans during the primary as far as how, um, you know, I'll never forget that crazy um, debate where they were talking about penis size. I just couldn't. It was unbelievable. And um, so so they have set the tone for um, for this type of um, – they set the tone for this for this type of um, campaign to be run. And as a result, um, I, you're probably going to see much more of this. You're probably going to see much more of this. You're yeah. probably going to see much, much more of this um, as the campaign goes on. And it's, it's going to get uglier because we we as American people have, have allowed it. Um, we, we say that, hey, we don't care about the real issues. We want um, we want the reality TV type of, uh, uh, of campaign. And so we're getting pretty much what we've asked for. And uh, another point to make is that um, going into the general election, he has about a million dollars in his campaign uh, uh, readily available, even though I think a week ago or a few days ago they said that, you know, they had just raised like five just as quickly as that had been reported. Um, so, I mean, eh, you know, it's true or not, um, compared to her $40 million. Um, And so, right. of course, everyone was saying that how – so That Trump so poor hashtag, you know, just – Foolishness, as far as um, you know. Trump's. Oh yeah, yeah. Like anyone believes that. Uh huh. That's as believable as, as Hillary being uh, dead broke, leaving the White House and, and buying right. two homes, in in the one point two, one point four million dollar loan from Terry McAuliffe to buy a house while being right. dead broke. Yeah. But uh, do you think that it's that bad? I mean, for him to have that million dollars, because keep in mind. She used a good. It was over a hundred million uh, to fend off Bernie Sanders, and, and she's been and she's been she's been fundraising much longer than Trump. And, and correction, that was two hundred. She spent about two twenty million against one person, Bernie Sanders, mm-hmm. and Trump took out sixteen people with fifty or so million. Right. So right. the the fact that he has the one. He's cutting it close in the eyes of donors, which is why you know he's he's starting to clean up the mess. Stuff we're we're very proud of his of his behavior this week. Um, you know the Brexit, the Brexit was a you know it's just he lucked up on that. That was really yeah. one. It, <laughs> if it, if if that went the other way, that would have not been good for him exactly. <laughs> at all. Exactly. You know, but he's. The man, the man, he's got, he's got the gold fingers, um, but I think that he could, he could possibly do it. But he just, you know, donors are just nervous. He always has people nervous. He seems to always come through in some kind of way. He has that uncanny ability, but a million dollars, Donald. So, right, you need some money to go against this machine because she has, you know, media backing and things like that. But, you know, I. I, if I was Hillary, I wouldn't. Um, I wouldn't do the personal attack, and the reason I wouldn't is because um, 
I mean, she, she said she was not going to. She specifically said that she would be going after him on, on policy, and it's been nothing but personal stuff all the way up until now. And I'm saying this particular speech that she did, that one where she had, had mentioned, I guess, folks not being paid or whatever with him, um, which debatable, you know. Um, right. You know, with business records, companies posing, et cetera. Um, it's that's that's a lot, and we we've seen how he handled Trump University. You don't want to really go and be digging those little things apart, spending your media time on that. But she hammered down kind of on business, and that's why he he dug at her pretty hard over her State Department uh, uh, records. So I, I think that they're both kind of they had a pretty mature week in comparison. Um, right. That is. But I mean, I, I'm, it, I'm thinking that her um, advisors are telling her, you know, in order to attract non-traditional voters or your youth voters, you have to kind of bring it, you know, mm-hmm. because Trump is going to be um, inflammatory and he, he's going to say what's on his mind. And now, that first statement that I mentioned about the slavery, I mean, you know, she has taken money from nations that um, – you know, that's that's what they do over there. And and these were things that he pointed out, such as the $25 million from Saudi Arabia where they killed gays. That is a fact. Um, that's and It's, it's pretty that. hard for you. I mean, didn't we just talk about Trump talking about being a champion of the gays? Well, for Hillary, it's hard for you to say you're going to be the champion of a group when you've taken money from a government that kills them. Right. But not only that, um, um, with the, the money that she's taking from the, the private prison industry, like they've given her a lot of money and always have, you know, because like I said, she's been raising money for a long time. So they, they are like questionable groups because I remember even like um, a local group um, that worked with youth took their youth um, to New York um, to protest Hillary in the previous campaign because she was accepting money for um, that Grand Theft Auto game, um, you know, from mm-hmm. the, the creative yeah. And they actually, they had, a, I mean, they shut it down until until they made, until she had to, like, literally give them their money back or, or um, renounce her relationship with them because of, um, you know, just how serious it was. She was holding private fundraisers with them in New York. So they took the children. You're familiar with the group. Um, I think, I'm sure you know the group. I don't want to say their I'm names. Sure. Yes. <laughs> and, and I've been having these conversations, uh, these pretty stark debates with the, um, the head of the D.C. Young Democrats. I don't know why this man has gotten under my skin lately. Maybe just because I know that, you know, their comments and remarks influence votes. Um, and he's, he's really not taking me on too much. You know, I, I'm, I'll say a little you something, and it's like, okay. you know who that is, right? Yes, I do. Yes, okay, I do. I'm yeah. not going to say who. Yeah, but. And I, I know, and, and I'm like, I guess he's like, okay, Bonnie, you got it. Okay. <laughs> I mean, because he was mentioning about Hillary and her baggage. I know she's got just baggage, you know. But Donald Trump, you know, he switches, he he, he lies, etc. I said, oh, he lies. And when we discussed what he lies about. All that you all can come up with is about what he's worth. Really? But so that's, that's the biggest problem. But she has, it's been documented that she has flipped on practically every issue 
Period. You know, since, since 2008 or before. Or hold on, Donald Trump mentioned about, uh, remember Brian Williams when he lost his job over the ju- journalist for claiming that he was his plane was attacked, you know, with gunfire years ago? I remember that. Yeah, and, and he said that, you know, Hillary lied about being under sniper fire. Did, did you hear about that? No. There's a story about her, was it Baghdad? Baghdad? No, I think it was somewhere else, where she said that we got to the tarmac and um, we had to run to the car from the plane to the car because we were under sniper fire. And she told that story at least ten times in this document. Uh-huh. And then they, and then one day she was called out on it because the video footage was there. It's like, oh, <laughs> sniper fire. Well, it wasn't so bad that you were able to, to hug, hug children. And then she said, oh, I was jet-lagged, you know, when I told that story. And, you know, she had her dates or whatever confused. And they said, well, hey, there's a child here. She said it was still an urgent situation. There was a child there, so I decided to hug the child. And then the video footage showed, but, oh, there's, there were lots of children. And Hillary spent about 20 minutes hugging and speaking to children. And he said, yeah, Brian Williams could lose the job for, for, for lying about a plane being shot down. But you oh, can tell just as bad of a lie. And look, nothing. I mean, that, that's serious. Right. And that is the baggage. You know, that is the behavior of a serial liar. And Did that's what I'm telling him. That's, that is a big difference. That's not baggage. Did you see what she did to the um, D.C. delegates? She, she selected her own. <laughs> yes, yes. And uh, the, the council member here, I, I, <laughs> the reason why I found out about it, you know, the, or who's now out of office, um, I still like her, Misty Van Alexander, and she tweeted, I have t- tweet notifications set up for, like, almost the whole council, so I don't miss anything. It came right. across my phone. I saw her objecting to Hillary. She said, I don't like that we weren't able to pick our own delegates. And I went, retweet. I said, hashtag, <laughs> dem corruption, CC at right. Democrats. <laughs> Yes, even your, you know, even your own party is uh, is against you on this one. Yeah, the chairman of the city council can't even go. No respect for the, uh, you know, this is one of the instances where, where I will agree about the city being disenfranchised. That was absolutely right. Right. Michael, they allowed Michael Eric Dyson to go in that treat. Oh, <laughs> what a treat indeed. And um, that's gonna be awesome. I don't know if you remember the, the reader lady that ran for mayor. Um, why? Why she? Why? Why is she going? She's one of the delegates too. Why is she delegate? I don't. I don't understand. She's the family. I mean, she used to work for them and still has a relationship. <laughs> I, as I said, I hadn't really gone beyond, you know, seeing that, you know, the council member's objection. I know that it has to be serious, considering the fact that she, of all people, um, was objecting. So, right. You know, hey. Anyway, <clears throat> moving on. Um, singer Demi Lovato, best known for being on the Disney Channel and being a cow by Hollywood standards decided to take all the years of fat shaming she's received and directed it, directed it at Mariah Carey. She did a side-by-side pic of Mariah and Ariana Grande, captioned it with, when you order it online versus when it arrives, hinting that Ariana was a better singer, and added, you got it the wrong way, wrong way around, honey. Well, 
Mariah, being the diva that she is, she didn't have to say a word. She just let her fans take care of her. And then Demi started complaining about people bullying her and announced quitting Twitter and was back in under 24 hours. Of course, nobody ever, nobody ever leaves Twitter. Um, I absolutely hate people like that. You're going to be a bully, own up to it. When, when was the last time you saw Donald Trump back down for something? She attacked Mariah. Um, yes, she initiated this. For what reason? Mm-hmm. Her justification she said, and again, nothing was said to her. She just said that, you know, Mariah deserved it because she's been so mean to J-Lo over the years um, and what? said that J-Lo didn't deserve it. Um, if you don't remember, you know, those two have like an almost 20-year silent feud going on, which is kind of one-sided. Uh, you know, when she divorced uh, Tommy Matola, Matola mm-hmm. brought in J-Lo, and it's been well documented that a lot of music from her, like the 2000 era, he just gave to her. Like there were samples oh. that were reserved, and he just gave them, <laughs> gave them to J-Lo. And so that okay. big 99 hit that she had, a lot of that stuff would have been, was Mariah's work. Mariah. It would have been Mariah's okay. work. And that's what began the process of her breakdown. She felt like everybody was working against her, and it was true. <laughs> Right, and she when she worked herself to death to kind of overcome all of that, so she's never forgiven J Lo for it. She's never really directed anything at her. I mean, do you really expect like anything, Court? You know, mm-hmm. J Lo knows the deal. She knows not to mess with her, right? <laughs> to speak to her, that's it. You get a little shade right. every now and then in the, the what started all of this. It's like back in two thousand three or something. It's it's uh, this famous. Uh, video where they asked Mariah, they said, what do you think of Beyonce? And she said, oh, she's sweet. She's wonderful. I think she's very talented. And they said, what about Jennifer Lopez? And she shook her head smiling. She said, I don't know her. It was like the most famous thing ever, that I don't know her. And she just explained it again, because it's dogged her for all these years, to Andy Cohen. They were like, what is this about you and J-Lo? She said, it's nothing. She said, I didn't know her. Like, I, I, she said, I've met, I've met Beyonce. We've been around each other, et cetera. She said, I did not know her. What do you want me to say? Like, is it, did you not like the words of how I put it? She said, I didn't know the woman. So the fans have really been pushing this over the years because she's only addressed her a couple times. Right. So, so, okay. Okay. So, yeah, yeah, what, what does it say that you have to know who J-Lo is? Like, sheesh. Uh, yeah, I mean, you know, and it, it's been J-Lo's like a, we know J Lo's backstory, and we know Mariah's backstory. <laughs> it's like, the, wait a minute, Matt. Okay, oh, I, I'm I'm going I'm reserved there for later. But <laughs> like they acted like it was it's been the war of the century, and and so then when she deleted her account or she said she was leaving, she said the reason was because people were bullying her. What? Oh. Yes, Demi Lovato said she was being bullied. Yeah, after you initiated the bullying. Come on now. This is, the one, this is the one that Timberland used to produce? Ooh, I don't know. I don't, you know, the, I'll say this. Last time I heard of Demi Lovato, she was performing outside of the VMAs, not inside, outside, <laughs> as accompaniment to, uh, um, 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 was a white girl rapper named Iggy Azalea. Oh, so just when you decide to lodge attacks of people, you know, you should don't do it at people who have, are arguably or 
factually more talented than you or successful than you in every measure of their career. <laughs> She's right. not a good ta- not a good target. Well, you kind of partial, Bonnie, because I know how you feel about Mariah Carey. Oh, I'll say this. A friend of mine who, work, who was working on the Ed Lover show, um, I can't think of her name, Sarah O'Connor, um, I had just, um, we were talking about this um, in DMs this morning. She told me years ago that music is subjective and, like, mm-hmm. it's kind of pointless to really argue about it. I mean, unless someone's, like, you know, just extremely, extraordinarily more talented than someone else and more successful, right. which is right. a fact. Um, you know, it's like comparing Whitney to um, Miley Cyrus. Um, you know, that's that's clear and understandable. But like, music's subjective, so it's it's no point to it. I'm well, a fan, but I mean, I have asked years ago. I asked her. I said, nobody really the the media doesn't pick on Mariah like when she has bad performances or whatever. This is a couple years ago before they kind of got a little tougher. <laughs> but I said, people, they don't give her a hard time. And she said, yeah, but she said, because she's respected. She said that she well, don't have a long career. There's, you don't do that. And there's no question. If you get up and just bomb, and it, just, it can't be avoided, then that is a different story, you know. But, but we all know, I mean, there's no question about her ability to sing. Mariah's. Well, thank you for saying that because, you know, we argue this all on uh, Breitbart's, uh, Breitbart yesterday with, with Sonny Johnson. I almost had a stroke. I remember when Mariah, <laughs> I remember when Mariah first came out with, um, I think she had the, the most, the, the, the greatest um, range as far as voice, I forgot how many octaves she Possibly, I think that she's reported as between five and seven. It's like five, and she's like, I, she's always like, I don't know, you know, who measured that because I feel like I'm like two on a good day. Uh, <laughs> right. But, and then, you um, know, they were comparing her to um, Aretha Franklin because that's the only other person that, um, you know, popular r&b type singer that um had a range that that vast that well there was whitney um you know but she, she, she was whitney able to go no you uh, remember when mariah used to go all the way you know to her highest yeah, the, range yeah the, the whistle the whistle register but with, with whitney I, this is i grew up in the 90s and so mm-hmm. i had only heard whitney in the 90s and yeah right. you know waiting waiting exhale and Boom! The woman can sing. That was, that was not not a question. You know, the woman had a great yeah. voice, great range. But I did not listen to her in the eighties until like you know far later in life. And I, and I heard, you know, of course your voice changes over the years. And I said, wow, like the woman really had a range. Like I thought the nineties range was something. Wow, well, the, the early drug range was right. <laughs> was pretty good. You know, but the eighties was eighties really something. You know, Mariah came out, she was her early days were kind of rivaling uh Whitney's heyday, which, you know, it was a long freaking time ago. It was like thirty years ago. Those yeah. notes. Folks don't that remember. Was, everything changed when everything changed when she married Tommy. 
Yeah. Was she uh, told? Yeah, uh, yeah, a lot of things happened. A lot of things happened around Tommy Mottola. Uh Michael Jackson, when he said, you know, how much he was a crook, and that, yeah. was, that was the end of him. His reputation was was done after that. You know, as far as right. just what I said about the the levels, that, that's what Demi doesn't get. There are levels to this, okay? Right. You don't, right. don't mess, you don't mess yeah. with people who have mafia ties, which exactly. is what... Uh, because Mariah was cited as meeting with mafia people before. At least one documented person, whether she knew it or not, like 11 years or so ago. Because he was in, you know, Matola had his, his mafia guy. She said she would say certain words on the phone and people would enter the room at home. But anyway, uh, yes, when she lived, I mean, when they were in a mansion, you probably had staff or whatever. They, the people were probably sitting around listening to the phone for whatever. Godforsaken reason, but yeah, that that was just a whole wild scenario. Yes, but uh, Demi, there there are levels to this, and um, yeah, the the whole crime. I'm trying to figure out if this is the girl that Timberlaine used to um produce. I don't know. I, I mean, listen to the weird sounds in her songs. No, no, that was uh, Nelly Furtado. I'm pretty sure that was. Oh, uh huh. Similar names. <laughs> they are. Oh, they all sound alike. <laughs> you know, look, being being a younger artist, you are trying to find your relevance, and 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 you should be spending your time focusing on your career and your craft, and not knocking down uh, accomplished people. Okay, so. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, yeah. Your your biggest thing recently is being behind Iggy outside. So yeah, you have when you decide when you start performing inside of the building, maybe you can have something to say. Anyway, we talk about like we talk about that New York Fashion Week too. Are you in the Lincoln Center or are you in the tent? Oh, okay, absolutely. Yeah, there's a difference now. Right. There's a clear because I ask people that I almost got. connected with someone who was going around saying that they were New York Fashion Week. It was one of the side ones. Uh-huh. Right. Uh-huh. Yeah, no, don't play. Don't right. play. <laughs> now, um, Patrice, uh, my favorite musical degenerate, Chris Brown, he's in the news again for something, oh, other, than, for something other than his music, of course, as usual. A former manager of his, manager of his tasked with fixing his image after beating the crap out of his then-girlfriend, Rihanna, is now accusing him of beating the crap out of him. Without even fact-checking this, anytime Chris Brown's accused of doing something, it is a strong likelihood he actually did it. But with that being said, Chris, in the event that you find yourself having some type of anger or pent-up frustration and you feel the need to go beat up on something, I can be found at www.poplets.com. Anyway, <laughs> so Patrice, um, true or not, do you think that Chris, I think you might have missed that one, um, do you, true or not, do you think, will Chris be getting himself together uh, sometime soon? Because I'm really getting tired of these stories with him. Me too. I don't know if I believe it. Did the person press charges? He did. Um, he did uh, do a suit. And um, Chris Brown went on Instagram afterwards, and um, I'm going to apologize in advance for the profanity. He said, um, he said, I knew some shit was coming. 
He said, now I can throw some shit if I wanted to. I can throw some donkey shit, camel shit oh. even, but I'm not. Like, that was so immature. <laughs> wow. So what but, uh, that was that was that was like his response. I guess that was his formal statement. Yeah, <laughs> in regards to the allegations, he said that he fired the guy for uh, he was stealing money um, from him. Um, you know, I'll say this: his image was so bad. He, hey, if if the guy could could fix it and skim a little off the top, let him do it because his image still is shit. What is that like? Right. My fifth bell that you missed. <laughs> ding ding! ding. <laughs> well, I still, if he hasn't been arrested, I don't believe the manager. You say you don't believe the manager if he hasn't been arrested? If he hasn't been arrested or hasn't pressed charges. Yeah, I know it's a suit. I don't know specifically the type of suit because I don't remember. Um, but. Yeah, I mean, I guess, I guess you're right. I mean, every, <laughs> you know, everything lodged against him isn't going to be true, even though he's been known to beat men, women, and children. Right. Well, not children, gays, but uh, he's pretty much gotten all the demographics covered. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So this, this is the thing that, that amazes me about him. You know, Kevin Gates has actually been filmed punching women in the face on stage. Right. He right. has been kicking people in the face on stage <laughs> and still is considered a top rapper right now or, you know, top I, 40, I, whatever. Gucci Mane, too. I saw a video of him punching a girl in the face on stage. Dang. I, God, I mean, this is video evidence of this, and there was never any evidence of him doing that to Rihanna. And look at, you know, and look at him. We're on year seven of this, and he's never recovered. And he's still a woman beater. And I don't think anyone, I mean, Kevin Gates isn't on that level, but, I mean, I don't know. if he, He'll probably never be known as that. So, I mean, I do agree that he's got, you know, he, he has an uphill battle, but, yeah. you know, you did kind of bring it on yourself, sir. Right, right. That's true. It's just funny, you know, if, since he already has the charge, and, um, you know, since he's already had the charge, for um, beating people, if if he hits someone, I would think that person would report directly to the police. And then sue. <laughs> Carry a police report to the lawyer and then sue. Wouldn't you, wouldn't you think that that would be um, what someone would do? Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, I, I think that, I mean, if he did it, you know, it's it's the same thing with the, the Michelle Fields woman uh, with Donald Trump's campaign manager. If someone attacked you, then you would pr- pretty much, I, I think that the, the correct response would be to call the police first instead mm-hmm. of calling your boss. Yeah, that's, that, that never flushed well with me. And you call the police days later. Right. But you had the time to, but you had the time to Instagram your, your, the bruise on your wrist first. Hmm. Well, right. you know, hey, when you have when you have a book to sell, which well, no one talks to... about, right? It's, it's, no one that, no one has interviewed it, her about her book. That whole ordeal, no one cares about a, care about cares about a damn book. That's right, and the, the thing is, um, you know, it just again reflects the values of the American people. Um, can I monetize off of this AW that I got? <laughs> you know, 
Can I monetize off of it? If I can, let me do it this way. Instead of going to the police, somebody hits you, and, and I want um, women to hear this especially. If you feel, if you were assaulted or if you feel threatened, you, number one, remove yourself from the situation. Number two, you call the police because you are not supposed to be hit. I'll say this. If I was on his team and given his record, when he looked like he was going to buck for me, you know, I'd probably give him this warning. You know, think about your career. Because I say this to my friends all the time. Think about your career. And when that hit came, I would have acted like that bus driver before he uppercut that girl. You going to jail today. <laughs> right, right. Probably would have saved my counterpunch and just, you know, and just enjoyed the check afterwards. Hey, because you hit me. Anyway. Um, <laughs> moving on, and this is uh, lastly for one of my favorite topics, what not to do on social media. <laughs> Three men in Miami, millennials, of course, stole over a half million dollars of jewelry, and what did they decide to do? Post a video footage on Facebook. Right. Oh, and this wasn't one of those situations of the cloud uploading it by accident. No. These morons actually did it themselves on purpose. I've seen people win the lottery for less and not tell anyone or go into hiding. So the fact that you would steal a whole $500,000 and just post it online like it's a video of you brushing your teeth. Right. That's sad. And, and look, I see why so many people go online talking about bringing back slavery. Because anyone who is that stupid, like a half million dollars, you just got away with a half million dollars. And if they never posted it online, they probably they, they, they just might have gone scot-free. Exactly. That's all you're good for. You know, spending your life eight hours a day, and you carry your asses over the line into Alabama, and then spend the rest <laughs> of their days picking unprocessed ass cotton. <laughs> <laughs> Can you imagine a half million dollars and putting it online? What? You know, that's crazy. A lot of millennials tend to do this type of stuff. They they document breaking the law every day. Right. Well, can, well, can you explain this this uh, this type of mentality? Because you know that the feds and, and especially the IRS have already stated that they are watching people on social media. Like that's right. already been publicly noted. Oh, you want to claim that you don't have such and such? Oh, you know you were so broke this year. Oh, but your Facebook said different. Yeah, and that's what they're using against people these days. I'm, you know, I'm a parent of a millennial, as you know. And they tend to, at that age group, do crazy things. But, you know, I, as a parent, I tell my, my son, you know, what you do, you you represent your God, your family, yourself, and your community. So you need to think about these things before you make decisions about what you post on social media and just in the decisions you make in everyday life. Um for them to do something that stupid, um, it's clearly clear to me that um, there's probably an issue in the parenting piece. <laughs> to not, I don't know what it is about social media and these these stories that people try to create, or these personas that people um, try to create for themselves, as if it's going to give their lives substance, um, but because of the prevalence of the social media and how how much people rely on it, that, you know, people no longer want facts. They just want the popularity. And, I mean, even with 
and you, I can take it back to the sit-in, you know. They didn't want to deal with the facts. They just wanted to deal with the fact that somebody was doing civil disobedience. So that's what made what they were doing right, even if the the, the, the issue or the way they were addressing the issue at hand was was totally off base. You know, so if, if our 100%. congressional leaders are doing it, if our congressional leaders are doing it, I mean, like, to a couple, a couple kids. Why, why should we be surprised that they would be that stupid? Yeah, I mean, generally people like to show themselves in the best light. Um, I mean, and it's so, so, so it's, best it's, light. it's one thing. I mean, you know, the, the flossing is one thing. You know, the you know putting on the best thing in your closet is one thing. Um, but yeah, this this is there's nothing positive. Um, in this, I mean, I just just a, a week or so ago, someone had been had been uh, bashing me in politics, and you know they had their warning. I'm like, you know, uh, you don't want to talk about my political opinion. You know, all my stuff is out there publicly, and I'm you know I acknowledge this, and right. you know your stuff is public as well. You know, because it's, it's one thing when you set like Facebook uh, privacy uh, to be out in the public. So this person goes and and, and mentions that they were committing four thousand dollars a month in disability fraud. Wow. You know, and while it was while it was public knowledge that they worked for the was it wasn't the State Department, it was darn, I don't remember. Um Think about like the FEMA or something like that. Uh Treasury. Oh, <laughs> US Treasury oh, wow. Yes, yeah. Wow. Oh, wow. And, and and my thing okay, why would you put that out there? Okay, that you know that yeah, that can come back to get you. I mean, I still to this day, there are elected officials. I tell them about what they post online. You know, at any given moment, I can go and search five-year-old tweets, you know, from people right. sitting in office right now, <laughs> you know, with the tweets of, uh, you know, save a lollipop, save a lollipop, suck a dick. Right. Sitting <laughs> officials. <laughs> Who right. And we know these people. I just sent – um. Uh, something to uh, I just sent out something this morning to someone. Uh, I was like, you know, look at this. This person was working for a Team Marion Barry, and um, and they were tweeting to uh, Todd Kincannon. You know who he is? Um, yeah. Yes. Love him. Love him. <laughs> One of the best attorneys and the craziest personalities ever. Yeah, the same person tweets to him. You look like you've been taking, you know, ten penises in a swing. <laughs> oh my gosh! And I know Todd doesn't have it. Yes, yes, yes. I I, I just invited him to. Um, he's going to be doing um, Sunny Johnson's show with me. Uh, so yeah, that was why he came out. So shout out to Todd. I can't wait for that. Um, right. But, yeah, stupid social media decisions. These things follow us. Um, I mean, and there's no way, being a public figure, that there is anything positive in, you know, the, those officials doing that. I mean, these, these poor damn kids. But, you know, people are reckless in social media. I don't know if you remember, uh, not long ago, uh, the KKK said that they were going to um, be more diverse in their uh, group, imagine that the KKK is inviting us Negroes. Right, right. And Kim Kardashian posted a picture of her and her sisters, and it said, the only KKK that has ever allowed black men in. 
and they were blasted for that. Oh, of think about it. That is ugly. That is horrible. I mean, if someone made it about them, that's still ugly. But the fact that they created that. Wow. <laughs> got away with it. Yes. I mean, so it's it's that culture. I mean, I. I feel like I'm not necessarily the best on social media, but I mean, God, I, you know, I at least make sure that I don't, you know, that there's no laws broken that's being bragged out in the process. Exactly. That's just crazy. People are just the begging for attention or that type of attention so much. And, I mean, um, I, I would like to see, and maybe um, the Department of Education should even consider it or those that do education policy, um, a lot of high schools are talking about life skills and things like that being a, pr- a prerequisite for graduation. We need to add um, a social media piece as well, since it is a, a, a huge form of communication, um, how to properly handle it or to let um, the young people know what well, these are the types of things that happen. Um, I had a, a daughter of a good friend um, who was in college um, and got an, an internship at IRS, and they let her know, um, you know, during the pre-hiring event, hey, we've been on your social media. You want to be mindful of the things you say. Is this your name? And it, it wasn't. She didn't use her name. She, you know, how the kids use those crazy, right. those crazy yeah. to represent themselves with a thirty-three thousand words. They just like, hey, we know it's you, and we just want to let you know. Um, be mindful of the things you do and say because you're going to be working here, you know. Yeah. Well, I mean, how many years has social media been, you know, in existence? And especially yeah. just the, the major part as far as the micro social media, uh, Twitter and Facebook. So how many years is it going to take before the Department of Education even considers that? That's why I don't consider right. public schools. That's why I don't support public schools, period. So right. not from you. I mean, by the time it's, they get around to discussing it, you know, hey, we'll have like a destroyed generation, you know, <laughs> for the most part. I don't even hear candidates talking about that. And it's it's important because, I mean, these are, are mistakes and decisions that are going to be affecting them career-wise. Mm-hmm. I mean, we, we know many a, per, many a person who has gotten in trouble. Um, over social media, but yeah, that is that doesn't get discussed in, in school. It's a shame. Now, uh, before we go, I wanted to give a shout out to a supporter of the show. Um, he just so happened to tweet me right now, so I could remember. Um, actually, <laughs> he is um, currently going through um, chemo, and um, probably one of my favorite followers. And he, I asked him if I could use his name, or I was going to give him a shout out or repeat something he said, and I could use his name, and he said, sure, you could use my name. He said, um, what was it? He said, um, to tell people, um, don't smoke cigarettes, suck on something else. So that's going to be our <laughs> object lesson for the day. <laughs> hey, anyway, yes, we love hey, <laughs> I'm glad you have that sense of humor. Keep it. Keep it. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Would I love him. Yes. Um, 
Anyway, um, guys, this show has been brought to you by our parent company, BM3 Media, your source for all your communication and media needs. I would like to thank our guest, Patrice Lancaster, for coming back again. Thank you, Patrice. Thank you for having me. Of course. My pleasure, as usual. And make sure that you <laughs> lost my place. Um, for the latest in celebrity news, go to popglitz.com. All right. Because Pop Glitz is popping. <laughs>